Welcome to the Stone Church Podcast, a series of conversations inspired by Sunday messages we hope will spark your curiosity and encourage you in your faith journey. Hi everyone, we are back for another great episode of the Stone Church Podcast Season 2, The Heart of Stone. My name is Tomi Olajide and I am joined by the estimable Pastor Godfrey Adderley and the ever effervescent youth wow. pastor, Pastor wow. Extraordinaire, Jackson oh. Rogers. Okay, what's, what's going on with these uh, <laughs> introductions may, here? You're setting me up for uh, disaster here. You know, like last week you said I was energetic and now I have to be effervescent. effervescent I don't know what that is. Word, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Google it right now. Just, yeah, go for it. That's right. <laughs> Could have gotten a bit carried away with the introductions, but yeah. I think it still think? fits. <laughs> yes, welcome back, guys. It's great to be here. Yeah. So to quickly recap, we have been looking at the heart of stone, which we describe in three key statements. Love God wholeheartedly, love people sacrificially, and make disciples urgently. And that's what we're diving into today. I think most Christians would have heard the words make disciples, Mm -hmm. but you've added the urgently, which we don't often take the time to think about. Yes. As uh, disciples of Jesus, we have a responsibility, uh, but it's a time limited one. And, and Jesus outlines this in some of his final instructions. Um, he gathers his friends uh, just after his death and resurrection. And, well, let me read from the actual uh, passage. It's in Matthew 28, starting at verse 18. It says, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you to the end of the age. I I want you to notice there in that statement when Jesus gives this list of instructions. It's a huge mission that he gives us. It's called the Great Commission. But he promises us his presence with the responsibility. But, but let's not miss that there's a time limit. There's mm-hmm. a time frame on this. And what is it? It's to the end of the age. And that's the time that we have to work with. Yeah, it, it makes it uh, feel very, uh, very urgent, <laughs> right? That yeah, uh, yeah we, we are part of that. And, and, I, and I love how all three of these things uh, that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, love God, love people, make disciples, they all really go hand in hand with one another. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and they're, so, they're so important to uh, the gospel, right? Because you can't, you don't have a, a good gospel if you're not willing to, share <laughs> right if you're not willing to say hey this is like i have found a treasure in this yeah. field and i'm gonna you know sell all that i have to 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 go and buy it mm-hmm. right and so this whole making disciples thing um is is that response to when we love god when we when we get this mission to love people it's yes. the it's this immediate response and sometimes it's very easy in this cushioned you know church and you know uh, really safe Christianity to brush disciple making off to the side because it's hard, <laughs> right? It's yeah. it's really, really difficult. You can't love God and not make disciples. You can't love people and not make disciples, mm-hmm. right? You can't, mm-hmm. yeah, they just go hand in hand. And to touch on um, the word urgent, the urgent mm-hmm. part of the statement, um, 
you know, I remember at the beginning of the health pandemic, let's mm-hmm. call it, you know, there were many jokes that say that, you know, it's the end of the world and, and you know, this, that and the other. Um, but still, despite sentiments in the past couple of years, it's still easy to feel like the end of the age is ages away, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know, really. Yeah, it, it's it's true. And procrastination can, can creep in. Uh, but but again, at the same time, we don't want to get so preoccupied with the end and what's going to happen in the end that we neglect what we're called to do. Right. See, because every season that passes, we're closer to the end than we were before. And whereas we, we look forward to Jesus's return because he's going to set things in order, he's going to put some order to the chaos that we're experiencing in this world. And, and it's natural that we're longing for that to happen. But we have to reach people. And, and that is even what Jesus said to his disciples. If you look in the book of Acts, they had come together just before Jesus ascends to heaven, and they're looking for some final sort of clarification on, on, on things that will happen. And, and it says in, in uh, verse 6, So when they came together, they asked him, Lord... Are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? In other words, when will all this trouble end? When will we experience uh, freedom uh, from heartache and pain? Um, And then he says to them, friends, don't don't worry about that. What, What I need you to do is be prepared for that commission that I gave you. And then he goes on, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and the Spirit is given so that we can be effective at making disciples. Again, we're commissioned to make disciples as a, a worldwide mandate, and, and it begins where we are. So, so let's just recap this for a sec. Jesus has all authority to command us. He tells us to go make disciples. He, he promises his presence, uh, which we discover now comes through the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, we have the power to be witnesses and make disciples, but there is a time limit to do this. And as much as we long for Jesus to return, right, we long to be with God. It's our love for people that really, you know, compels us to do the work right now and to hold that off because when when Jesus comes back, mm-hmm. that will signify the end of when people can come into his kingdom, right? And so mm-hmm. that's the opportunity. So it's like we got to work. We, we're looking forward to this, but we got to be hard at work because when he does come, that will signify the end of the age and then, yeah. you know, time, it, run out, time has run out. Mm-hmm. The countdown has, has run out and... And, and everybody has sort of a different time frame. Well, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, but the, the stakes are high, right? The, the, the stakes are high. Like it's, it's our responsibility to usher in God's presence in this world, to be, mm-hmm. to be God-redeeming um, creation, right? It's, it's, it's through us and, and sharing the gospel and living like Jesus. So it's, it is very, uh, very definite. You know, it's, on, it's a big responsibility. But then it's also... Um, we can't, you know, what you're saying is I think you, you can't make disciple making into this like really burdensome project because it loses that that urgency too, right? It's mm. kind of the opposite 
of, uh, of, you know, not taking it seriously. And, uh, you know, I, I get the whole, like, you got to enjoy the journey of heaven coming to earth, right? You got to enjoy, uh, enjoy the process mm. of, mm. you know, the, this making disciples because it is the big picture, right? It is, and it is definite and we're, we're here for a purpose, but yeah, we, we have to enjoy the journey. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like we touched upon a little bit in the previous episode, you know, it shouldn't be, um, or it shouldn't feel like an obligation right. or a chore almost like as part of our loving people, you know, doing that, uh, uh, willingly making disciples also yeah. should be willingly it shouldn't be so right. heavy oh i have to you know i've just ticked that box yeah he's in right. she's in kind yeah. of thing well, and, but, yeah. and that's and and that's where it is and and i love what uh, pastor jackson said uh, earlier too that it's uh making disciples is a natural outflow mm. of mm. loving people right and i find that like sometimes we as um you know as believers we we sometimes like put more emphasis on loving god and and we like spend all our time doing religious stuff uh-huh. <laughs> you know oh if i could you know learn how to pray better then you know if i could you know read the whole bible and all those things are great but but loving god needs to lead to mm-hmm. loving people which needs to lead to making disciples mm-hmm. and let's not you know kind of get hung up on on one of the previous sort of um yeah the previous steps prerequisite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's that teaching from jesus who says you know like you'll come to me and say i prophesied in your name yeah, i did all there these you things go. for your Ooh. name but, right. but i don't know uh, who you know, reads that know. scripture and doesn't like whoa <laughs> oh. am i okay <laughs> oh it's the worst <laughs> right because it's like well but, but i'm gonna say i never knew you because you didn't love the least of, of these. And, and that's that's a, a reminder that's always running through my head. And I think, you know, loving, there's there's love and, and what comes out of that love that ultimately comes out of that love of God, <laughs> that love of people, um, is making disciples, right? Yeah. Is that next step. And we got to do it urgently. Mm-hmm. But we also got to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Roll yeah, credits, yeah. that's it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the flip side of that, you know, I did this and I did this in your name. Um, you know, there's a sin element of it. Maybe mm. people feel, um, say, maybe restricted or they, they're not qualified to make disciples right. because of sin in their life. And they're kind of, you know, buying time uh, before they can, you know, get themselves fixed up and then go out and make disciples. Yeah. They, um, so I just wanted to, you know, touch on something you said. You know, I, I thought the way you described sin being like the person who is, you know, shaking the, the uh, sand timer in a game, having... Uh, you know, running out of time quicker, actually. It was a perfect picture of how sin cheats us. Yeah. Are and you that type of person? Um, just just no, kind of shake it. I don't, actually, I don't actually know if it works. <laughs> you know, maybe I could ask you, Pastor Jackson, if you shake it harder, yeah. does it go faster? Yeah, I don't know. Sure. You think the sound is going up, it, but it's like it more is going down. Or not. But, but let's talk about, uh, about sin as a, a cheater. Not only, um, you know, does it, cause people to disqualify themselves, Mm. you know, from the task. But also um, addiction, disease, selfishness, abuse, um, and others all sort of team up with sin to deplete the time that individuals have. And when the timer runs out on an individual life, I'm talking now, it's too late. It's game Mm. over. It's the end of the age for them. And Mm. so that's why it is urgent. Our task is urgent, not only in the big sense, before the end of the world, mm-hmm. but before the end of that person world, before the end of your neighbor's world, right. before the end of the, your 
family members world yeah well and that's why i think the uh the enemy is referred to as the the thief right who, who wants to steal kill and destroy and i think um you know whether it's sin um or through a, uh, a a bad view of or a down look on yourself or disqualifying yourself it's the enemy trying to disqualify trying to cheat us of the the precious time that we have to live this incredible life with jesus and share his love Mm -hmm. and um i think yeah whether it's whether it's you know because you are too preoccupied with with uh with sin uh, with more of a blatant sin or you you just you know you're giving into the lies that the enemy sows that you are not a good enough that you're too mm-hmm. far gone. It's the enemy's way of trying to twist the narrative and take the, the wind out of our sails, right? Yeah. Really trying to stop us before we've even started this great commission. And how many times have we been dissuaded because of these things? Mm. And so I think, um, you know, it's not about, it's not about, well, we're not saying that, oh, well, you know, even if you're, you know, a terrible person, you can still do this or, or, you know, oh, everyone just needs to view themselves better. It's, it's, it's really, it's going to the cross, mm-hmm. right? It's believing that, that Jesus qualifies you, mm-hmm. right? And it's seeing these, these things, the sin and these, these things that trip us up from, from completing the great commission as attacks from the enemy. It's not, done by our own strength, but by looking to the cross, by repentance, by uh, really seeing it for the way it is, and and not letting any of those things become an excuse from completing this urgent mission that we right. have. Right. If anything, it should you know make it more relatable yes. in terms of uh, recognizing that in other people. Yes. Right? Like, I'm struggling with something fine, but, you know, that means that my neighbor, my family, my friend they're also going through the same thing. And I think it's a very striking point. You know, usually when we think about uh, life being too short, it's the perspective on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once we're able to, you know, understand the commission, great. But I like what you said, you know, being able to relate that to the people around us. Life is also too short for, you know, my friend or my coworker that doesn't know Christ. Yeah. You know, really uh, being able to think about their eternity as well mm-hmm. not just our own yeah and i think you know that really does support the the urgency of of what we need to do but also that um there is an enemy that does not want this to happen mm. right and that's why it is so difficult to make the, that's why there's all these these roadblocks or excuses that we have and that's um and and that really you know it shows the enemy's hand of you know why why doesn't want us to make uh, disciples and he'll do whatever and say whatever mm. uh, to kind of trap us from doing that yeah no that's that's uh that's so good that's so good and and, and here i want to be careful right because sometimes there's um uh, believers or we can sometimes beat ourselves up mm. think about missed opportunities yep. and so i i want to just kind of you know encourage people that wherever you are right now uh, you know, now, you know, today's the day to start. Let's let's forget right. uh, about the past. You know, I know I've had a situation in my life where, you know, uh, a now deceased, um, you know, friend of mine, you know, one of the last things I can remember them saying to me when they sort of caught me in some wrongdoing is, oh, I thought that you 
we're supposed to be a Christian. And, mm. and then, you know, th- doesn't the guilt come Ooh. rushing back? Well, yeah. what if I would have done that right? What if I wouldn't have done it? What if I would have spent some more time uh, with it? And, and sometimes we can beat ourselves up. You know, that's not our hope uh, here. But we can't do the other thing and just sort of wait and feel like we have unlimited time. Right. right. And so we have to push ourselves to start at some point, you know, sort of living in the way that we feel God is is leading us to. And we and we're and we're waiting. Sometimes we're waiting for the perfect time or the perfect approach or, you know, we think to ourselves this whole harvesting, you know, um, metaphor that's 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 used. Right. We, we have to wait until it's ready. Mm-hmm. We have to wait until it's the right time to harvest. But. But I think if we look around, especially in this day and age, uh, that we can see that the harvest is much more ready than we think. And uh, Jesus encourages his disciples, and I would encourage all of us today with the same words, don't you say there are four more months uh, and then comes the harvest? Well, listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. Mm. And, and uh, again, I, I'd be the first to admit that I don't know anything about, about farming. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the point is, is that if you don't get the harvest out of the ground in time, it will just stay in the fields and it will rot. And I wonder, as we look around our city, as we look around our families and things, how much harvest is just rotting, wow. ready to be harvested, but we don't take that step. We don't mm-hmm. have that conversation. We don't pray meaningfully into um, these connections uh, that we have and the, you know, and the, and the crop will just rot in the ground where it is. Mm. I wanted to note two things, you know, on that as well. I think for many Christians, not all, but many Christians, if you've grown up in the church, it's very easy to be in a bubble. Mm-hmm. You only you're, you're, you grew up in a Christian family, you go to church, you go to Bible study, all your friends are Christians. So it, it can be very easy to um, kind of know that, yeah, you need to make disciples, but it's, you know, you don't see that urgency because everyone around you is Christian. Everyone around you feels the same way as you, thinks the same way as you. So it can, you know, you can get a bit complacent yeah. and, you know, there's the habit of like, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't really need to speak to it because everyone I know is a Christian already. So you get a little bit lazy, maybe that's the word to say. <laughs> and then, you know, I always used to say, what's that What's that quote? Uh, some, I may be the only Bible that some people right. may read. Yep. You know, that's mm-hmm. a very common one that people like to say. And I, and I love that, you know, because, yeah, it's true. I need to uh, live in a way that if someone were to just see me in passing, that that's going to be their example of someone who uh, loves Christ and Christ loves me. However, it does make me feel a little bit uh, more convicted because it's not its not just I may be the only Bible that somebody may read. Am I actually going to go forth and take the actual action and the step to yeah. talk to that person about Christ? Not just, they can see me, right? They see they see what I'm doing. They know I go to church on Sunday. They know, you know, all this. They see that. And I'm sure in their mind, they're kind of aware and God will just do the rest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of, takes the responsibility away from us to actually go forth and, and put some action as well into going and talking to people. Mm. Yeah, a, a lot of overthinking happens in, in this topic, right, of, you know, the 
making disciples, if I'm, you know, am I doing enough and all of these other, you know, it's, it's a very complex thing. And, uh, and I think that's why we kind of need to strip it back and go to the will of God, which is to uh, make disciples, right? Uh, that's the Great Commission. So that, that, is, that is the chief will of God. Um, but then when we get to the whole, like, oh, am I, am I doing enough? Or did, you know, if I, you know, the overthinking of, you know, well, that f- would that friend be in heaven if I? It's also, again, surrendering to the will of God and saying, you know, it's God who brings the harvest, right? It's God who brings the fruit. And, and we, need to, um, we, we, we need to abide, right? We need to abide in the vine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it, like there's all these emotions attached to it, and it's complex. And it's like we, you know, we busted this whole thing wide open. It's very difficult. But at the same time, it's kind of coming back to that place. What deals with this overthinking or what deals with these complex issues of like, hey, what, what should I do and when should I do it? It's, it's, it's surrendering to to God's will and, and God's sovereignty. It's like, you know, I don't want to open that can of worms of like the Calvinist and the Arminianism <laughs> thing. Okay. But like the whole, you know, some, some Calvinists who think, you know, God is, God just elects the people that is going to go in heaven. Um, the, the, the issue with some of that thinking is, well, then I don't have to, I don't have to make disciples, right? I don't have to reach out. I can stay in my bubble. Mm. Right. But, I, that's that's missing the point. Not all Calvinists think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a good middle ground um, that I think I'm in. You know, I I think I'm there. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not not fully Calvinist, not fully Armenian. You know, I'm I'm Switzerland. In that. <laughs> hey, and you are in the middle here. Not right, that our right. not that our listeners would know, but you're right in the middle. Here. On the I'm stuck guys. in the middle with you. <laughs> I know that song. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, um, and again, all great, uh, all great points. I, I think that people are looking for answers. Yeah. If there's anything, you know, even where people are posting things, you know, they're adamant about things. I, I think people are really open more than ever before to having an alternative way, uh, an alternative focus. Uh, to their life. And, and so I, I want to encourage everyone who's listening to this to, to start looking at the sphere of influence that you have. Mm. And, and I bet you're going to find somebody, at least one, probably more, that are ready for a conversation about Jesus. Yeah. Mm. I think it would, it would shock a lot of us. Yeah. Cause we, we think, uh, we think, oh man, like, you know, they, they post this or, or, or this. And a lot of people just want to want to chat about these. Yeah. Things. It starts with a simple, like it's sometimes it's, it's real simplistic, mm-hmm. the conversations that we can have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you actually have a list of actions that we can take to prepare for the harvest. Yeah, that's right. Well, well, Pastor Jackson will tell you that I like having lists. Mm. I like having the, the, the you oh, know, the takeaway, the things yeah. that yeah. you can take away and think of. And, and, and this one is from uh, after reading the scripture, Matthew uh, chapter 9, reading from verse 37. Let me read it to you real quick. Then he says to his disciples, the, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Um, and, 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 you know, we need to take this uh, away. Like that the, the urgency is, again, is that because the harvest is so plentiful that, that workers are needed 
again, to bring it in so it doesn't spoil. Mm. And, and so we need to pray into that. And how do we pray into that? And there's three sort of different prayers uh, that I feel that we can pray into this um, as the harvest prayer. The first is pray for the Lord's harvest. Uh, notice that it's the Lord's harvest. It's, it's not our harvest. It, it's not for us to pick and choose what we want and, and, and just let the rest rot. It, it all needs to come in and lots of workers are needed. So we need to pray for the Lord's harvest. The second thing is, is that we need to pray for other workers. There are those that, are the, that we recognize um, and that we formally sort of support as a church of those who are called to, to reaching the harvest, and we call those our mission partners. And we're to give finances to them who, who work throughout the world and in our city, but we also need to pray for them, and that's what I, I, I take away from this. But the third one, and this is the one that's a little bit more difficult sometimes, is pray for yourself because you are also one of the workers that the Lord wants to send out. Mm. And, and it's not going to be comfortable. In, in, fact, um, in fact, the word that is, that is used for, um, you know, send out the workers, okay, it's the same word that Jesus has used when he's casting out demons, right? It's forcefully. It's not, hey, if you would like to, you can go. No, he's going to compel us to go. And so, you know, would we be willing participants and allow the Lord to empower us by his Holy Spirit to um, allow us to be a part of this great harvest? Mm. Wow, that's good. And I, I, I love that, you know, it, it starts with this, these prayers because it, praying about this issue really keeps it at the forefront of our life, right? And it, it, it kind of gives us this, this goal daily of, of noticing that the, the harvest is plentiful. Right, noticing that and, and saying, Lord, Lord, send me, right? I'm I'm willing. I'm one of the these few workers. I think it's prayer is just such a huge thing to kind of just speak over our life and, and encourage ourselves and, and, and pray specifically into these things that, that help us complete the main objective. Mm. I think it's noteworthy as well that you say the hardest one of the three is to pray for yourself mm. because if it's any, well, not any other situation, but most situations where we're asking because we're in need of something, uh, Lord, uh, heal me, I need a job, I need this. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy to pray for yourself. That's so but in true. this situation, so true. we're praying for ourselves to be workers, to prepare ourselves as workers. And that's something that I think, uh, uh, you know, takes a, a different frame of mind. It takes um, really... Uh, like I said, sacrifice and being ready, being really, really committing yourself to saying like, okay, you know what? It's not just about what I need. I've prayed for the Lord's harvest. I've prayed for the other workers and recognizing that you are also a part of it. Yeah. And asking for help in that regard as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. Second Peter 3, 9 says that the Lord does not delay his promise. And I, and I kind of think of, of his coming, right? As some understand uh, delay, but he's patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. And, and here's the truth. As, as much as we want to see growth in our church and in groups and, and, and as much as we want to see our loved ones come to know Christ, God wants it even more. Come on. God, God wants it 
so much more than we want to see it. And there's one thing that's clear, and, and I shared some basic stats of how people come to know Christ. This but, blew my mind. But <laughs> friends and relatives are by far the largest percentage people come to know through a friend or through a relative, uh-huh. like something like 74%, yeah. and everything else is the, the, the remainder of the percentage. And, and so I, I think that we, we need to think of ourselves as the important part of how mm. the Lord is going to reach our families. And, um, and if we sit and we wait for somebody else to, to do it, um, the statistics tell us yep. mm. that we might be waiting a long time. Oh, yeah. So it, it's important for us to be a part of this. But understanding from the whole point of view that God wants everyone to come to repentance. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think that 74% is, is because the gospel is really put on full display when it changes you completely. And who is to see that but your right. family and friends, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think like that's, that's why these, the making disciples goes hand in hand with loving God and loving people, kind of going back to that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like that just blew my mind. 74 yeah percent is uh yeah I, I think sometimes when we talk about making disciples we we put too much weight on you know these big like revival movements and meetings or these like oh i gotta be able to debate somebody uh you know like i yeah. i uh, used to rock climb and when you okay. go to a rock climbing gym they're like everyone who's ever like traveled in a van across the country and experienced all these things and lived in india like they all have this like new age spiritualism okay. right and and i used to think like oh no i don't want to have another conversation about <laughs> um but uh, but it does simply come from like living with one another really kind of putting your money where your mouth is right uh that i think is so poignant which we see reflected in these numbers right these yeah. relationships that we have with people that friends and family you know it said 74 percent. it it kind of makes you think as well that it's not that difficult to have this conversation or at least uh, maybe difficult not the word awkward or whatever the barrier uh, someone may feel maybe there mm-hmm. to actually have to, to to speak to friends and family about Christ I think as you said that can we can maybe make it bigger in our heads um, how the conversation is going to go and and how you know this our stance should be and and you know the theater of it and the right. performance of it and if that. the majority is coming from friends and family then that's actually that's really encouraging it means that you know one people are receptive the people closest to us are receptive to hearing about it yep. and it works like the conversations are not that uh tense or no. you know whatever the barrier is in your mind about having that conversation it's not that big of a deal. Because <laughs> well, it's true, life change that draws people to yeah, the Lord. Yeah, it, right? it's true. There's uh, a, a young guy in our church who was just telling me uh, about a friend that he invited out to uh, to church and, and asked him, hey, how did that go about? Because this, this person was of a different um, religion, right? Okay. Um, not, not, not Christian at all. And, and when I asked, well, actually, she asked me because she'd seen such a change in my life she wanted so to know good. what what this was all about. So yeah. And so, you know, and so I think that in other contexts, there, there are people uh, who are waiting to have this conversation with us, whether it's they ask us or we ask them who, who starts the conversation, right? Who liked who first, right? In, in terms of relationship, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? But if you act 
right, then something can happen. Yeah. If you don't act, it, you can't. And, and, and so we need to all realize that, that we each need to be a disciple and, and we need to be making a disciple. We need to be growing in our faith and we need to be helping others discover their faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love to be in church services and gatherings together. It's, in, it's inspiring. It's, it's energizing. But ongoing, you know, ongoing growth occurs in those conversations and in, in groups, you know. And so that's where we need to, to lean into spending our time. And so if, if you're interested in helping people grow in discipleship, maybe, maybe you need to be uh, running a group as well like so we're talking about discipleship of people who may not have a faith in christ but we also need to be helping those who have a faith in christ grow and so there's there's ways to get involved in in terms of running groups uh, as well i love that we're finishing this episode with something really hands-on like joining a group Uh, in fact our next four episodes are going to be with people from various groups sharing their experiences and stories and it's going to be awesome and so encouraging so stay tuned for that but you don't have to wait uh, for those episodes actually you can go right now to groups.mystone.ca and check out all the groups available to help you in your faith journey as a disciple of jesus making disciples of jesus Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, pastor jackson thank you for joining us for these episodes I think we're going to hear from you again in our Alpha episode. Is that right? Oh, really? I don't know. I'll have to check. With well, my now agent. you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yes, I'll be there. I'm really uh, looking forward to it. I uh, really have a heart for Alpha. You know, we ran, ran Alpha as uh, Alpha youth. I've uh, sat on some Alpha committees and just hearing what they're doing. And, and really, it, it is a tool. It's an amazing tool to make disciples and to have these conversations with our with our friends. It makes it so easy. You know, I think we should, I think our alpha group should be bigger than they are. I think we should really be uh, utilizing alpha Mm. to uh, have these conversations with our friends. Our our conversation, our friends that are are dying to have these conversations, that are willing to have these conversations. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're nervous about, oh, how do I start making disciples? You know, this is something that they have made, this, this organization has made very easy and very intentional uh, to 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 do that. I believe in the I believe in it, and I love it. Mm. And and hearing some of the testimonies in it is is so so amazing. Like there was a there's a guy that was biking to work, and a, a, a city bus cuts him off, and he smacks into the side of the bus. And oh, right there, as an ad on the side of the bus is try alpha <laughs> and 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 so he goes to an alpha uh meeting and, and yeah and and becomes uh becomes a christian that's uh, right such an impact oh that, huge that. impact yeah a huge <laughs> impact and it was it was it was because there was uh someone who gave lots of money to do these ad campaigns all across a ttc a couple of years ago I'm, I'm sure we all remember that but yeah incredible incredible things that are happening through just just being willing, you know, just mm-hmm. trying a little bit. Um, and yeah, so anyway, I, I really preface that next episode, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm no, uh, looking forward to, uh, to coming back yeah. and talking about that. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh, Pastor G, thank you for speaking with us uh, and truly leading us in loving God, loving people and making disciples urgently. My pleasure being here, being a part of this uh, conversation. And uh, I guess the only thing left to do is to go and do it. Let's, yeah. like, let's not just talk about loving mm. God wholeheartedly, 
loving people mm-hmm. sacrificially and making disciples urgently, but let's, you know, wherever we're on our way to right now while we're listening to yeah. this, that we would make it a priority in our life. Let's not only be hearers of this podcast. Come on. <laughs> That's right, we're but doers. doers the we're doers. Do doers. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Tommy, for hosting these uh, episodes. Um, I think they're important conversations we need to have. Thank you for joining me, and, uh, and I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast. And I say stay tuned for the next episodes. Thanks for listening to the Stone Church Podcast. For more information, visit us online at stonechurch.ca.